The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to the pithy comment. Now we're joined by Anthony Doyle, head of investment strategy at Firetrail. Anthony, I don't know what your positioning is, uh, but I just want to make the comment generally. I mean, we take no position here, uh, but this year has been a tough year for both stocks and bonds. The first half was the worst year or the worst start to a year in uh, since 1973, I believe, and it's it's been a, a, a particularly bad year for the bond market uh, and for sectors of the bond market, the worst ever. And yet I sense that the bears think we deserve more. They want more. And they're going into 2023 expecting further losses. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, you're right. So it's the first time in uh, that I can remember that the street are actually expecting declines for the S&P 500 on a calendar year basis for 2023. So expecting around a 2 to 3% decline. And on average, since uh, 1999, the street has been expecting uh, between 9 and 10% appreciation in the S&P 500. So you're absolutely right. The bears are ruling uh, the market at the moment. And undeniably, that's a reflection of the uncertainty around the economic outlook, uh, Fed policy, and of course, the outlook for, for earnings and companies uh, over the course of the next 12 months. Do you think markets have got the path ahead for the Fed fully priced in? Because this is a pattern um, that we've seen over 2022. Markets rally, the Fed makes an announcement uh, replete with hawkish rhetoric, and then they slip again before recovering. Uh, how long are we going to see this cycle going on? Yeah, so our expectation is that the Fed will deliver on their expectations for Fed fund rate hikes next year. Uh, and the market may be overestimating the potential for Fed rate cuts. Um, so undeniably, a theme of this year has been bad news is good news for markets uh, in that. Uh, and we saw that really in November with uh, the lower than expected inflation print, um, which has since been confirmed uh, this month as well. But uh, you're quite right in that uh, the, Fed, the market has continually underestimated the Fed's willingness to stamp out inflation. And undeniably, inflation is still a long way away from where the Fed wants it to be. So I think that we may see a painful repricing of expectations um, at some stage, probably in the first quarter of next year. We we say that stocks have recovered, but it's still uh, pretty dire for many. I mean, the S and P five hundred down eighteen point six percent year to date. The cost be down more than twenty percent year to date. And the Hang Seng Index uh, has has traded up a lot in the last uh, month, but it's still down sixteen percent year to date. But even with that, it it it's sort of in your gut. It almost feels like the bears are right. Well, it's been a very painful lesson for investors to learn that uh, central banks don't exist to backstop risk assets. 
which has been the name of the game really since the GFC, really since the global financial crisis and the extraordinary monetary policy measures we've seen since then. To tell you the truth, I would be far more worried if we weren't seeing the policy reaction function that we're seeing from the Fed. I think that they're actually setting up an environment of well-anchored inflation expectations, uh, and that bodes well for long-term return for equity markets. But we've come off an extraordinary period of monetary policy largesse, which has been the function of an extraordinary global health crisis when economies were put on ice. And obviously, uh, not only was it the monetary policy, but also fiscal policy was uh, the taps were firmly turned on um, from both perspectives in order to support uh, respective economies around the world. So I think what we're seeing now is obviously a normal reaction to the cost of capital appreciating in value, um, but we will see normalcy return, but it is going to take some time, um, particularly given the strength of the US labour market at the moment and the willing willingness of consumers to continue to spend. Is the Fed, do you think, going to have to engineer a recession to get inflation under control or is the, the tide turned in that particular battle or at the very least are we going to see an earnings recession due to those wage pressures you just described? Typically what you find, uh, Paul, is that the Fed, uh, when it embarks upon a rate hiking cycle, it's very difficult to uh, avoid a recession. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a U.S. recession next year, um, including for, um, for earnings, um, that, that wouldn't surprise me in the least, um, particularly given uh, how stubborn inflation is at the moment, um, particularly core inflation. So uh, notwithstanding that fact that um, the U.S. is likely to enter into a recession, uh, the, you know, the, um, the expectations for global growth are actually the weakest since 1993. Um, so a lot of that is already in the price for markets. Um, so for me, if you are looking at generating returns in the US equity market over the medium to long term, now represents an excellent opportunity for investors. Um, hmm. But that's notwithstanding the volatility that we're likely to see in the short term, given yeah. the uncertainty over the outlook. Is there a lesson for the United States in Australia? Um, the ASX is one of the better performing markets um, that isn't actually higher. I mean, it's down three and three quarters percent, but that's um, a very small amount compared to some of the key Western markets. Um, and ordinarily, some might say, well, yeah, but there's the trading relationship with China. But China has hardly been uh, stoking rallies, I wouldn't think, in the, in the ASX 200 um, uh, during this year. Yeah, so what Brian, is Australia I mean, uh, getting right? What's Australia getting right that perhaps the Fed could learn from? No, I don't think that we. I don't think that we can embark any lessons for um, central banks around the world. We are very, a very lucky country uh, in that. Uh, if you think about the makeup of the ASX 200, it's dominated by banks, um, and they've seen net interest margins improve um, without the uh, other side of the coin insolvencies or bankruptcies increasing given the very low unemployment rate we have here in Australia, and we have a big resources sector. So where we are, have a very large underweight um, in the ASX 200 is really to technology, and that obviously dominates the S&P 500, and technology stocks obviously have been hurt significantly due to rising discount rates and expectations for long-term bond yields. So uh, it's more luck rather than anything that the RBA has done. <laughs> I would suggest that uh, from the central banking side, 
the RBA has actually had um, a very poor performance uh, since uh, the, you know, it really reflects uh, what an unusual time we've just been through. But we saw yield curve control collapse. The central bank governor, Phil Lowe, was saying he doesn't expect interest rates to increase it till 2024. Um, that's obviously been proven very, very wrong. Uh, so I think that next year might be a little bit tougher um, than the year that we've experienced this year, um, reflecting strong and high commodity prices. Yeah, words that may come to haunt Phil Lowe indeed and the RBA under review at the moment also um, with the government. But I just want to get to one of your calls, Andrew, before we let you go, and that's about uh, tech. You like semiconductors, but we've had this warning from Micron today about weak sales forecasts, the planning to cut the workforce, CapEx as well. You say semis are a buy, though. Why is that? Yeah, that's right, uh, Paul, in that uh, we actually own Micron in our our global fund. And the reason for that is typically the semiconductor cycle, the chip cycle, is very, very fast. Um, It's a a healthy oligopoly. uh, And obviously, the long-term structural demand for semis um, will remain in place, um, given the advancement of of AI, but also increasing automation um, in many aspects of uh, consumers and industrial lives. So the, typically the cycle is very, very fast. Um, you saw that result from Micron. Uh, they are um, restricting supply, um, as are a number of the, the semi-names um, in the sector. And what we expect to see is a tightening of that market um, over the course of the next six months, yeah. um, notwithstanding the cyclical exposure that uh, you, will, you will experience due to a, a slowdown in global growth. Um, but yeah. over the medium to long term, we, we are, are very, very optimistic about the potential for the semi-sector um, okay. and, of course, Micron. Anthony, thank you. Anthony Doyle, head of investment strategy at Firetrail, pretty persuasive in his arguments, underweight U.S. and the Asia-Pacific, overweight Europe, and like semiconductors over consumer and Internet stocks. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.